Well, good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. And Let's Talk is the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has some questions. Well, in short, that program is designed just for someone like me. There's a lot I don't understand. Now, it doesn't have to be something soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. And rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, casual, front porch-style talk with my pastor is often the best way to understanding. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Andrew Preuss from St. Paul and Trinity Lutheran Churches in Iowa. I have my questions, and I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions by email at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org, or you can call in at the program. If you're in the St. Louis area, it's area code 314-821-0850. If you're outside the St. Louis area, North America, you can try, and I say try because we've been having some trouble with this number, 1-800-730-2727. And if that doesn't work, well, you can always try the local number, which is 314-821-0850. Well, Pastor, welcome aboard. Hey, thanks for having me. Boy, have we had uh, one heck of a day, one heck of a week. Uh, Actually, I want to start it off a little bit... With a Bible verse, uh, John 15, chapter 13. Mm -hmm. Greater love has no man than he who gives up his life for his friends. And we saw that love demonstrated this week and that horrible tragedy at the shooting in Florida, that school shooting in Florida. One of the victims was a, an older man, older, younger than me, uh, an assistant football coach by the name of Aaron Feiss. And by all reports, he actually used his body as a human shield to absorb bullets that were aimed at other students. Oh, my word. If We Lutherans know that you can't earn your way into heaven. But if it were true, he just did. Hmm. Well, yeah, you know, and that really is the scandal of the um, of the cross, is that uh, even imitations of it um, without faith, you know, this is, you know, and without, and without the love then that proceeds from faith, um, you know, don't, then they're just, they're, uh, they, they're great outwardly, but inwardly they're not. But I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't doubt if this man was a Christian. I mean, I don't know much about him, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he were. Because that is something that a Christian learns to do from his Lord. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic um, uh, picture of, uh, of uh, sacrifice. And, you know, just to, to, to kind of, to, uh, you know, elaborate a little bit more on Christ's words there in John chapter 15, uh I had never thought of this before, or I never put this together, but, you know, at the beginning of Maccabees, um, the, this is in the, uh, the the Apocrypha, which is kind of the intertestamental literature that's not, it's not rejected, but it's also not accepted as, as part of Scripture. But uh, but in First Maccabees, uh, it's telling kind of the story about how the kingdoms were, the kingdom was divided after Alexander the Great, Mm-hmm. And uh, and it talks about how he gave it to his friends, and it's a very uh, it's a very kind of technical term that describes those who would who were loyal to him, you know, who who uh, who were like his governors or his, his generals who would have been loyal to him and uh, would have risked their lives for him, um, and then he would then give them you know, uh, uh, inheritance of his kingdom. So Jesus, with that same, with that in mind, Jesus says that there's no greater love than this, than he who gives his life up for his friends. So you're, in, in, according to the technical term, your friends are those inferiors of yours, who they are the ones who are to, who are, who, who are to um, give their lives for you, so that they, so that they would inherit from you, your kingdom. But Jesus turns it on its head and says, I am giving my life up for you. Um, I am your superior. You are my inferiors, but now I have, uh, I'm giving my life so that you may have uh, the full free uh, inheritance. So, so 
I mean, when we see this kind of stuff happen, it is, uh, it really is remarkable. And, um, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a Christian. If he isn't, though, it's still a good reminder to us, um, of what love looks like. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and, and this is, uh, obviously it's not, like you said, we're not saved by our works. But the reason why you would think, man, that, that seems like the closest thing it would be to, uh, if, 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 if we were saved by our works, that seems like that's what it would look like. Well, of course, because it, it kind of looks like what Jesus did, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but, but of course, we, we need to maintain that we're not saved by our works. Otherwise, what Christ did really, uh, is, you know, doesn't really matter all that much, you know, or it's just like maybe one of many merits. Right. So, but do you know if the man, if this man was a Christian? No, I'm afraid I don't. I've been uh, trying to research, and I can't find any reference to his faith at all on the research mm-hmm. I've done so far. Um, hopefully something will turn up. Yeah, but, but it really is remarkable. Um, it's, and it is encouraging to hear that, even though it's such a horrible, horrible thing that happened. Um, to, you know, to see that someone would love his students like that um, is really... Uh, it's a great thing to hear. It is. Uh, one of the other uh, people, let's see, there was uh, actually, I think there were two adults who were, uh, two other adults who were killed in the shooting. Um, okay, one was the, uh, one was the athletic director, and uh, he worked as a part, in a part-time security role there, and it's thought that he was responding to the shooting when he encountered the shooter and was killed as well. Uh, another one was a, a teacher, I'm trying to get his name here, uh, who had locked a classroom door. Actually, he had un- unlocked it and sent a bunch of students in to save them from the shooter. And then the uh, he blocked the door on the outside by himself while the uh, students had locked the door on the inside. And uh, apparently he was then confronted by the... Uh, by the shooter and was killed, but because of his sacrifice, mm-hmm. they weren't able. The shooter was not able to get at the students who were hiding inside that room. Yeah, I, I just look at these. <laughs> I wonder, could I have had that kind of courage? You know, I call myself a Christian. I believe I'm a Christian, but oh yeah. boy, you know. I, well, when you when you get into those moments, you know, um, there's a. Uh, you know what is what is really your purpose in life is is to do your duty whatever that might be mm. and you know we're i think we're we're in an age where everyone seems to be so obsessed with the, with finding their purpose well you know as christians we have our purpose already and that is to be god's children and to to love him and and uh, and trust in him and uh, and and thereby then do whatever duty he gives us to do with the sure and certain hope that that we have that uh that 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 promise of the resurrection and so so there's something that you know we're while we're not saved by our works that actually that truth that we're not saved by our works but only by god's grace frees us to take our duties very seriously and which with much honor i mean what greater can you think of a greater honor than dying um while doing your duty you know i mean this is something that uh the military really understands um, you know, and this isn't just true though for the military. This is true for anyone doing his duty. If your duty is to protect <clears throat> those who are put under your care, um, you know, that sense of, that sense of duty will kick in. Um, and I mean, it doesn't always, and people cower in the face of that, but you know, this is something that even unbelievers can, can understand and, uh, can do. But as Christians, we see this as, uh, uh, you know, as Christians, we, 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 we clearly see this in Christ, um, who did what the Father sent him to do, and did it with joy. And that this sacrifice was, you know, as the writer of the Hebrew says, he despised the shame um, for the joy that was before him. And uh, that joy is to, uh, to be able to save, save us from, uh, um, from sin and hell. And so, so, again, you know, we don't know what what was in the hearts of these people, but um, but God, uh, God works through it nonetheless for outward peace, and uh, and so we should uh, thank God for that and uh, pray that God would bring justice to the earth, as He promises He will.
Well, let's talk about justice a bit here. The <clears throat> man who's accused of the uh, of the killings is a 19-year-old by the name of Nicholas Cruz. He was a former student there. He'd been expelled mm-hmm. uh, for abusive behavior. Apparently, he had um, numerous run-ins with the police, although he had no formal arrest record. Uh, what he did, I can only say that this act was evil. Now, I know that there's probably going to be the claim of uh, mental mental uh, insanity, uh-huh. and maybe that's even true, but... Still evil. Evil. What, yeah. is, what is the nature of evil on this, on this thing? What, what causes a person to cross that line? Are, are well, we actually you, talking, you know, Satan is, is, is speaking to him? I, yeah, I mean, this is that's a great question. It's a good question we should always ask and return to Scripture and, and what the Scriptures say. Um, the Scriptures teach us that the wages of sin is death, um, that we have inherited a sinful nature from Adam and Eve. Um, and uh, Jesus says, out of the heart proceeds murder. Um, and, you know, yeah, we can trade, we, we might be able to point to some type of uh, psychological disorder, you know, here and there, and, and that can help explain some things um, of sort of why, why this happened at this particular time in this circumstance. But as Christians who know the Word of God, we know that, uh, that the, uh, the, the, the mind that is set uh, on the flesh is hostile to God. And that's a very, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other night about this. Um, I think it was actually right, no, I think it was actually before I found out about this shooting. Um, But we were talking about the, we were just talking about how we hear about such horrible things that happen, horrible things that people do. And to think that that sinful nature exists in us, Mm. you know, and by God's grace, we have the Holy Spirit. Um, and we have faith, and uh, uh, but but to, but this this really should keep us from being uh, secure in our own flesh. We should rather be secure only in Christ, um, because our own flesh is so corrupt. And uh, yes, by God's grace, we are we are uh, we control it. You know, with the uh, with the new man, with the spirit that has been given to us, um, and uh, and yet. We don't. We should always remember that we have that sinful flesh hanging around our neck, and um, and and Jesus, like Jesus says, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. So this, you know, the thought of walking into a school or any place and opening fire on innocent people um, is, uh, I mean, it's 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 one of the most horrible things I can think of, um, besides like kidnapping. Um, you know, those kinds of, I mean, these just horrible and unspeakable mm. acts. And yet, uh, they, they should remind us, um, of the sinful nature. And, uh, that's, and that's a scary thing because, you know, I don't think I could imagine myself doing such a thing, which I think is by God's grace that I couldn't imagine that. But at the same time, I should be very aware of how wicked my sinful nature is and very thankful to God that he keeps it under control. I had a conversation just the other day with a, a young man who works here. In fact, Ray Shaver, who is the uh, phone screener right now for this program. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I was talking to him about, I, I'm, uh, I'm of the age of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may have heard of the My Lai Massacre, where uh, an American platoon under the command of a certain Lieutenant Kelly entered a uh, village and herded all the women and children and old men oh, into yep, a ditch. Yep. <clears throat> yep. That and, was on that documentary that I, the, that was covered on that documentary uh, that was recently uh, put out on PBS, I think. Well, the thing that so horrified me over and above the obvious fact mm-hmm. was that the soldiers in this were conscripts. These were kids, American mm-hmm. kids. And I, if I recall correctly, only two of Kelly's uh, platoon refused to obey his orders on that. Only two. Yeah. And yeah. I, I kept thinking, you know, this could have been me. I could have been over there. I was of that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. No, no kidding. I mean, that and that that is horrifying. Um, and and it really it's very sobering too because it shows what, what was the difference between these eighteen, nineteen year olds, you know, 
and and me when I was 18, 19. That's exactly you know? what I was thinking when I, mean, I heard about that's, it. Yeah, I mean, they came from, um, you know, they probably came from Christian families, too, you know? And this is, uh, and, you know, maybe not all of them did, and maybe, you know, uh, uh, but 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 the, the, the point is, is that, like, this, uh, <clears throat> the gospel lesson for the, for the one-year lectionary, uh, we followed the one-year lectionary um, uh, for this coming Sunday, is uh, temptation of Christ, and I think the three-year does the same thing, actually. Um, but one of the temptations of Christ uh, that, that uh, in Matthew four, uh, the devil tells him to jump off um, the temple, mm-hmm. and uh, and he said, and he quotes Psalm ninety-one says, "Well, the, he will send his angels concerning you, lest you dash your foot against a stone." And Jesus says, "You shall not." Tempt the Lord your God, and um, when we see this, uh, you know, people fall into horrible sins uh, like this. Um, it should make us. It should re- remind us that we are not to tempt God, um, but be so thankful to God that He has that He doesn't give us up to our debased passions. Um, that He that He keeps us from the ruling sin. And this is very com- this is a very uh, uh, dominant theme throughout the the, the epistle to the Romans um, that uh, God's wrath is first revealed um, in Romans chapter one when He gives people up to their own sin, and uh, and then um, you know in Romans chapter five He talks about how through one man's sin, you know, all fell into sin, and uh, and and sin reigned. You know, it ruled in us, but now um, we reign with Christ in life, uh, in eternal life, because of what Christ has done for us by His obedience, which brought righteousness uh, for all men. So, and, that, and so, it should always bring us back to: okay, what is our only hope? Our only hope is in Christ um, and what He did. And if we look within ourselves, you know, we can sit back and say, "I would never do that," and I pray to God you wouldn't, but. Uh, but boy, as Lutherans, as Christians who know the scriptures and what they say about the sinful condition, it should horrify us on on a, on a different level. But at the same time, not without hope. Um, to drive that horror should drive us to the only certain hope, which is in Christ, who gives us His Holy Spirit, who washes away our sin by His own death, um, and sustains us through His Word and sacraments. Well, this also leads a little bit into the concept of justice. So said, the man who is accused of doing this and who has actually admitted that he did it is uh, Nicholas uh, Cruz. Mm-hmm. Seventeen people are dead because of this man's actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has not yet officially been charged with the crimes, but the words are that the state of Florida is going to seek the death penalty for him. Mm-hmm. Where do we stand on this? Where, it, where does justice end? Where does vengeance begin uh is are we as christians justified in saying to someone your life now is forfeit uh yeah you know that's that's a very good question because it really demonstrates that the righteousness the civil righteousness which god does give it's all from god righteousness all comes from god um but there are but the civil righteousness is not God's true righteousness. Um, so, so let me just elaborate on that. So, okay. uh, uh, in in uh, Genesis chapter uh, nine, uh, God gives the authority to the government after Noah, you know, comes off the ark. God kind of establishes the civil government and says, if man uh, sheds man's blood, then by man shall his blood be shed. And so, there He institutes the authority of the government to put to death uh, those who murder others, the criminals. Um, and so and then in Romans 13, Paul talks about this, how we should, um, you know, the, uh, the, the civil authorities are there as agents of wrath, uh, uh, God's agents of wrath, um, to carry out justice. Now, at the same time, this justice that they carry out is only outward justice. Again, it does come from God. They are God's servants in doing this whether or not they believe in God um, or acknowledge him. Um, but it, but it, it does come from God, and yet it is only it, only, it really serves to demonstrate how puny and weak and imperfect any type of justice we 
can offer is compared to the justice uh, which meets mercy in Christ. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the Psalm 98 comes to mind. Uh, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelously. His right hand and his holy arm have brought salvation for him. And then it ends by saying, um, he will judge the earth with righteousness, with justice and equity. He will judge the peoples. And this is such a comfort to us, especially when we consider that, yeah, okay, this guy killed multiple people. And yeah, he'll get the death penalty, which is the justice. And then, you know, um, you know, he will presumably get the death penalty, um, which is justice carried out uh, by the uh, civil authorities, that, which authority that they get from God. Now, we, of course, know that one life, his life uh, being taken from him, is hardly perfect justice, since he took multiple lives, right? Um, but but this, this is, it's good for us to see that, so that we would look to the true justice which is to come. And that's justice, again, sure, against the ungodly, but it also is, for, for those who are in Christ, it's a great comfort, because we know God as he who who stores up our, our tears in a bottle and, 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 and knows us and loves us, and he loves his whole creation, and he, can, he, he will work it all out. Um, and so, that's, so it's, a, it's a good, what you pointed out is a good thing to notice, so that, again, you would look to the justice of God, um, which he gives us in Christ. Well, Pastor, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot still to think about. Um, going to take a little break now, and I want to again invite our listeners. If you want to jump in on this on this this issue, we really would like to hear from you. Uh, you can call us at the St. Louis area three one four eight two one zero eight fifty. Uh, you might want to try that, too, anywhere in North America. We do have an 800 number. It's 1-800-730-2727, but we have been having some problems with that line. So if you can't get through, try 314-821-0850. And we are talking about Wednesday's school shooting at the Marjorie Stonemason, uh, Stonemason Douglas High School in uh, Parkland, Florida. A lot to unpack. <music> This week on The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah. We learn about the new confirmation curriculum coming soon from Concordia Publishing House and what health benefits do we get from hugs? What is the new Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in Washington, D.C. all about? And is a seminary education in your future? The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah weekdays at 9 a.m. on KFUO. Underwritten by Concordia University, Wisconsin. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org slash careers. Your smartphone takes you anywhere instantly. At a click, you can read, watch, or hear just about anything. Some websites are good, some are bad. Some sites truthful, and others are deceptive. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hear the truth of Jesus daily on Worldwide KFUO. Using today's smartphone technology, KFUO brings the gospel to you wherever you are. KFUO is just a click away, 24 hours a day. KFUO.org. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Psalm 122, verse 1. Each weekday, the servants of God at the LCMS International Center gather together to receive the gifts of God in His Word. I invite you to join us weekdays, 10 a.m., for a live broadcast of daily chapel services. 
on KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. This weekend in Florida is the culmination of the past nine days of Speed Week and the 60th anniversary of one of the most iconic races in motorsport history, the Daytona 500. In 2011, NASCAR driver Trevor Bain became the youngest winner of motorsport's biggest race. When asked how he'd spend the prize money, he spoke of supporting a charitable organization helping orphans in Mexico. Lonnie Claus, former chaplain for NASCAR, recalls Trevor attending all their nationwide Bible studies. He says Trevor would get up and read scripture or open in prayer, whatever we needed. Trevor said, it is a responsibility to be who you are and not let this sport change you. The Bible talks about being firm on the rock. I try not to look like I'm on sand all the time. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Guest pastor today is Andrew Preuss of uh, Iowa. And we have been talking about this tragic, horrible school shooting at the Marjorie Stillman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, this past Wednesday. And we're examining the spiritual, the Christian, and the, the biblical aspects of it. And one thing we had been discussing just before the break was, if convicted, is it right to put this man to death? Now, I'm going to uh, preface this a little bit here, Pastor, with my own opinion here. Uh, I will state right now for the record that I favor capital punishment. I was opposed to it for most of my life. What changed me was 9-11 when I suddenly realized that evil truly existed in this world and uh, that society has an absolute right to separate itself permanently from that type of evil. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other end, uh, when I was opposed to capital punishment, one of the reasons why, uh, I worked at a radio station down south some years back, and we used to do what was called the Instapol Question of the Morning. And uh, one of the questions we asked our audience was, do you support the execution of Grant Raymond Maynard? And we had something like 400 calls, overwhelmingly in favor of the execution. Mm-hmm. Problem is, Grant Raymond Maynard was our, was our sales manager. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. And the people who were our, our phone answerers had been given experience Listen instructions that if they were to ask, and if the callers ask, who is he, they were to tell him that it's our sales manager. Not one of those callers, not one, asked who this man was and why he should be put to death. Wow. They just heard, they just assumed that this guy had done something terrible and yeah. they were just kind of trigger happy. Yeah. Uh, no, wow, I, had, I had some problems with our sales department, but Grant was a good guy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> wow, that is an interesting, uh, that is really a fascinating uh, uh, experiment. Mm. Um, I think that you're, that that, you know, you bring up a really good point there that there's, um, you know, we, I'm for, I'm for the death penalty too, but you know, I've kind of gone just personally, my, my opinions on this have, have, I suppose to share a little bit, it would be, uh, um, I, I really, I don't know if, if, if I would, as policy, um, and again, this is just my personal opinion, um, if, if it's a good idea to put someone to death um, where, when there has not been at least two witnesses um, who can affirm that he actually did it. You know, when you have a guy who is, uh, you know, he, he clearly did it, but it's still all circumstantial evidence, um, you know, <clears throat> yeah, okay, give him a punishment, you know, put him in jail if he clearly did it. But I, but, and again, that's my personal, that's my personal, uh, uh, um, opinion. And the reason why is, is, uh, uh, the death penalty is not something to, it's not a rally cry, you know, and I wonder if people do that. You, you, you see the same thing with war, you know, like, uh, have you ever seen, um, um, or, or read the book, uh, the, the, the Gone with the Wind. Yes. And you remember when uh, uh, they're, you know, they're in the uh, Terra, 
I think is the name of the yeah the, that's the, the plantation the, the plantation and they find out that the, that they're ha- that you know they've declared war and that they're they're going to war and everyone's just hooting and hollering and so excited and um, you know and it, it, it's just kind of, it's an interesting thing because it really shows the 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 excitement of the human nature um, that uh, this is a big deal and. You know, let's, uh, and, you know, and I'm all for being confident with your fight, um, and being confident about why you're fighting and stuff like that. But I've noticed this about human nature, and I've noticed it myself too, that we can easily become, these issues can become sort of, um, uh, we can treat them almost in the same way that we treat, like, cheering for a sports team. So, yeah. uh, so, like, oh, yeah, I'm for the death penalty. This guy, should he get the death penalty? Well, I'm just going to assume that, yeah, definitely, you know, instead of <laughs> actually considering, you know, well, why is the death penalty a good thing? And it is. God instituted it, you know, and I, and I would, I would uh, disagree with anyone who says that the death penalty is intrinsically wrong, but I wouldn't write them off necessarily. I'd want to ask, well, why? And what, what circumstances? Because maybe sometimes, uh, you you might have a good reason not to pursue the death penalty. So so while the Bible clearly teaches that the government has this right, at the same time as Christians, we can examine each case and and uh, and, and and think to ourselves, well, you know, um, what is uh, we want to make sure that whoever is is getting this punishment. Um, is uh, that this is actually that, that that we know that he did it, um, and uh, and that this isn't just boosting our own egos, you know, of revenge, um, but is actually like you said. I think you put it well. You know, separating society from such evil. But that's the goal. I once um, society that this is wicked. I once uh, was assigned to cover an execution, and mm. I was I was actually at the prison. Um, as the countdown, oops, sorry about that, hit the microphone. As the countdown was going down, I'm back. My name was actually in the hat to be one of the witnesses. Uh, and I remember looking at the crowd out there. Uh, there was this whole crowd of people. And, and you know, you were right. It was almost a festive atmosphere. Now, the guy who was, who was to be executed, he was, he was a really, really bad guy. There was no question at all that he was guilty of what he had done. He murdered him. He murdered a man in front of his two little girls. And, uh, in cold blood. And, uh, had no remorse whatsoever for what he had done. And, uh, and if anyone deserved it, it was he. Mm-hmm. But the glee of some of the pro-death penalty demonstrators outside the prison horrified me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think that the, what this comes down to is we should fear God. We should do everything with the fear of God. Mm. You know, this is really right from the That's category. a great point. Fear, love, and trust in God above all things. The first thing that comes is fear. As the psalmist says and the Proverbs say, the fear of God is the beginning of the wisdom. Um, you know, that, that we, that, you know, what does God mean by, uh, uh, by all these commandments? Um, that he's a jealous God who visits the iniquities of the, of the sins of the children and the fathers, the third and fourth generation of those who hate him, and shows love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. What does this mean? Uh, that, uh, God God threatens to punish all who transgress these commandments. Therefore, we should fear his wrath and not do anything against them. And, that, and that's really where we begin. And then from there goes love, trust, and love in God, um, and, and which is only possible through through the gospel of his Son. Um, but yeah, I agree. You know, it, it, it can turn into a self-righteous pride which, uh, you know, when, when we see someone who totally, yeah, totally deserves it, but we can become very nearsighted as well. Mm. Um, and as Jesus says, you know, repent lest the same thing happen to you. Um, you know, this is uh, when the man, and this is what we need to understand, too, about sin. You know, Luther says, you know, cursed is the man who fears death more than sin. Um, we, what we need to understand is that when that man, going back to the guy down in Florida, when that man decided to open up and, and resolve that he was going to, 
to to kill multiple people at a school, he was already under God's judgment. That's when the judgment of God had begun, and that's a terrifying thing. And and if we understand it from that perspective, then we should un- then we can understand, you know, really what. What is so terrifying about this? And yes, we're angry, and we should be angry, but we should cast that anger on God and let God deal with it. Now, God deals with it in the civil realm through the government who will, uh, uh, God willing, put this man to death, but he will also deal with it on the last day. And that should always be what, what, what we are reminded of. Every time we see stuff like this, it should drive us to our knees to pray to God to have mercy on us that we would not fall into that same sin, and that we would be protected from such sins to, that, 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 uh, that may come upon us. Well, we got a, uh, an email from a listener that I think raises a very interesting point. Uh, the listener points out that Saul persecuted the church, but he was given God's grace. And the, the, the listener goes on to say that we need to pray for this young man, that he has a chance to repent and to come to the grace of Christ before the death penalty. Now, I remember when I was opposed to the death penalty, I, I got into a discussion with several of my friends about this, and I gave an argument very similar to this one. I said that if we do that, if we put this person to death, we are depriving this person of the opportunity to find Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And that's a question I still haven't quite worked out in my own mind, i got to say. Yeah. Well, you know, this goes along with uh, with law, and you know, this really this this really uh, relates to as everything should uh, relates to law and gospel. And again, the law is carried out in the civil realm. You know, the civil government is not the office of the gospel. That doesn't mean that they can't reward good behavior. I mean, the law still rewards good behavior, and it doesn't mean that you can't be a little bit merciful. You know, the law might be. Um, you know, those who operate under the law uh, might show a little bit of outward mercy and compassion, but it's not the compassion, the eternal compassion that God shows in Christ. Um, it is, uh, it, it, at the end of the day, it needs to be um, based on the law. Um, so, you know, you might have a, a, a more lenient punishment, but it's still a punishment. And it's still, it's still at least it should be, justice. So, so going back to law and gospel, and, and seeing it through those lens helps us understand the value of the death penalty. And so going to this, the, the comment that this, the, that this listener made, it's an excellent point, um, and uh, that we should pray for this man. Now, at the same time, while we pray for him that he would repent, we just as much pray that God's will would be done and that justice would be served. And they don't contradict one another, because... God willing, if the government actually does do its job and punish criminals according to the law, then we're in a, we have a lot better chance, um, a lot better shot at driving these people to repentance. That is, if God's law, if God's word is 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 there, and uh, God willing, uh, this man, uh, you know, receives a minister or someone to speak God's word to him um, before he dies. And we should all pray for that. But as, uh, but, but, uh, so we should, but what I'm saying is that we shouldn't see these things as contradictory. They both work together. You know, God afflicts us so that we would repent and find our life only in Christ. And, uh, and, and this man, uh, if he does receive the death penalty, that might be the best thing for him. Um, that might actually teach him to fear God so that he would learn to, to trust in God. Uh, through Christ. Well, I'm reminded of uh, the, uh, there was that molester uh, on the Olympic team, uh, Dr. Nasser, who's just been convicted of basically for life imprisonment for molesting yeah. 100. And, yeah. yeah. And one of his uh, victims, a woman by the name of Den, uh, Den Hollander, I believe, uh, Rachel Den Hollander, uh, who is a Christian, mm-hmm. uh, said that Although she forgave him, he really needs to understand the depth of his crime. Mm-hmm. And that if he truly did understand just the crushing burden of it, he would be down on his knees begging God for forgiveness. Because it wasn't her forgiveness he needed. He needed God's. Mm-hmm. And 
if if he full, truly realized the magnitude of his sin, he would be shattered by it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the same situation here with this man. Um, and the idea being that perhaps he'll have time to realize the the incredible burden that he has placed on himself and on, on everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, just maybe, as you said, you know, as the as the listener wrote, you know, we should pray for him. Pray that yeah. he understands what he did and beg the Lord for forgiveness. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and like we were saying, the fear of God is the beginning of understanding, beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge. You know, to, to, so he needs to see himself not just as a murderer of flesh and blood, but as an enemy of God. Ah. And uh, and if he can see that, then he's in he's on the right track, and he's in a, he's in a much better spot. And we should pray that God would work through his agents of law, that is his you know his uh, civil authorities, um, and that God would work this terror in his heart so that he might actually work through contrition and faith um, in Christ. Um, so yeah, no, that the the lady the 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 gym, well, that was a gymnast, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, so uh, I think I heard that too. Um, and and again, that's marvelous too. You know, that's something that should just blow us away when we see someone forgive like that. Yeah, I'm not sure I could have done that. Thing. <clears throat> I'm not sure I was that good of a Christian. I like well, to think I, I am, but. <laughs> And it, it really is amazing. Have you ever heard of the book, The Hiding Place? Uh, refresh my memory. It rings a bell. I cannot remember the name of the author, but it's about this, this Christian family who, uh, they got themselves in trouble with the Nazis. Ah, yes, I did hear it. The, yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, it was the, uh, Anne Frank's, the Anne Frank story. It's sort of related to that, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, she... She she's a Christian, and she has to go. She and her family are sent to this uh, concentration camp, and she, there's this one officer who is very cruel, especially cruel to her. And um, somehow, this officer didn't. He was not killed for his crimes. He was. I don't know if he received some sort of uh, punishment after the war. Um, but she, this lady, survived the concentration camp, and obviously wrote this book. And uh, she, she kind of concludes by talking about forgiveness. And she would go around and talk about forgiving your neighbor because Christ, forgiving your enemy because Christ has forgiven us. And uh, she, uh, later on in life, um, a man came up to her uh, when she was giving a talk and, and afterwards came up to her and said, you know, thank you so much for everything that you, that you've said and done. And, and, um, and he said that he has uh, come to know Christ and uh, come to know his sin and his need for Christ and all this. And uh, and uh, she, she, he looked familiar to her. And then afterwards, she realized that this was the man who was uh, who was cruel to her, who was one of the officers who was cruel to her in the uh, concentration camp. Mm. And uh, you know, it's really a, you know, it's a moving moving story, um, but it really shows. Uh, that as Christians, we confess the gospel in everything that we do. We confess the gospel in a very concrete way, not just as some answer on a quiz, like, oh, yeah, Jesus died for my sins. Okay, yeah, so this is actually carried out in your life. Now, now you say, I don't know if I could do that. Well, yeah, I, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called you by the gospel. And that's why, you know, when you're, when you're in these situations, it's not you— who are, is finding the uh, the strength to do this? It's, God is working it in you, and so it really is a miracle um, beyond all miracles uh, for a Christian to confess the gospel, um, especially in circumstances like that. Because when she forgives her enemy who treated her with such horror, she's confessing Christ. That's simply what she's doing. Mm. Well. I was looking at, uh, there's another uh, person who, uh, in history, who uh, has uh, has uh, come out in my mind, a fellow by the name of Tsuo Fuchida. 
And he was the one who led the first wave of the air attack on Pearl Harbor and actually coordinated all the aerial attacks. He survived the war and then became a Christian. Wow, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, and he spent the rest of his life talking about talking about Christianity and, and saying how wrong what had happened, what the, the, the horrible things that they had done. And he spent the rest of his life working for the working for Christ. Uh, and boy, this was a man who had turned his back on everything that he had been raised to believe because he, he found the truth and he found mm-hmm. even more importance. He found forgiveness. Yeah, which is the truth. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that that's that's wonderful. And these these stories, you know, and, and and which all point to the story, which is Christ, who when we were his enemies, he died for the ungodly. Um this should give us true optimism. Um you know, we look at our society and how more, the moral fabric of our society has kind of waned, especially in recent generations um and uh we kind of see the christianity is is looked at with more and more disdain um but uh you know while we're conservative in our doctrine we need to remember that we are always liberal in the gospel and uh and that we are uh we are not of this world and that that which makes us not of this world isn't that we're old dusty fools who still cling to old truths. Certainly, we are old dusty fools who uh, cling to old truths. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that those truths will not, will, will, will not change. But the main thing that makes us not of this world is that we, ha- we know the love of Jesus. We know the love of God who sent his only begotten son to, bear in, to, to become a man and bear in himself the, the penalty of our sins. And that he gives us his Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, who gives us joy in afflictions, and that this is something that we have. It's a wonderful gift that we have, and that we can we can confess this to a dying world. Um, we will always remain. Our confession will always remain a, a conservative one, obviously, because it because we don't. It doesn't change in Christ. It doesn't change in His Word. It doesn't change, but it's a liberal one. Mm-hmm. It always remains that because it's free, and it and it and it gives, and it gives life. Well, let's, uh, we're getting close to the end of the program. Let's, let's talk about the victims in this case. And I'm going, not just the families, but specifically the people who were killed in this. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, President Harrison has, has issued a statement through Facebook about uh, how the LCMS reaches out to these people. And we think that perhaps none of the victims are LCMS members, but there were LCMS people at the church, at the uh, school. And uh, we pray for everyone. We mm-hmm. we hope that they can find solace, that their loved ones have found forgiveness and joy. And I'm what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to read the names of the victims: Aaron Feiss, Chris Hickson, Jamie Gutenberg, Elena Petty, Nicholas Dwart. Meadow Pollock, Alicia Otterhoff, Scott Beagler, Beagle, Joaquin Oliver, Martin Duke, Gina Montalto, Peter Wang, Luke Hoyer, Carmen Shentrup, Helena Ramsey, Alex Schrechter, Carl Offren, Pastor, could you lead us in a prayer for these souls? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for sending your Son into the world to conquer sin, death, and hell. We ask that uh, you would comfort uh, those who mourn the death of these departed. Um, We ask that you would teach us to fear fear you, uh, rather than fear death, and that, that we would find our uh, our comfort and true assurance of salvation, not in our works, 
not in our own sacrifices, but in the work and sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ, who takes away our fear of death and delivers us from hell. Uh, grant this to us all. Grant us true comfort, not that the world gives, but that you give, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd extend the comfort to the families of these people as well. Let them know that there is salvation. Let them know that they are loved, that we are thinking of them, and that we are praying for them, and that the Lord God has them in the palm of his mighty hand. Amen. Oh, I hope I never have to do another show like this. Yeah. Well, you know, you might. And, uh, but, uh, you know, like, again, uh, again, our... Our hope is in the resurrection. Our hope is in what Christ has already accomplished. And so we don't need to be afraid. Um, uh, whatever happens, what can man do to us? You know, and uh, this is this is a, a hope that we should be glad and joyful to share with everyone um, that we need. And these opportunities, these terrible things actually do give us uh, an opportunity to speak God's truth, both law and gospel. Um, to to a dying world. And the world so desperately needs this message. It seems that we are assailed on all sides by trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. uh, our very faith is under attack by our own society. Uh, our own families sometimes turn against each other. We are seeing 60 million children murdered in the womb. Yep. And we so need to understand, we so need to forgive, we so need to pray for the conversion of these people. Uh, one of the things that our, our uh, listener wrote was uh, actually addressed that issue and said that we also need to pray for the abortion workers. Let them see the light of what they've done and let them find forgiveness mm -hmm. in God Almighty for the horrible sins that they are committing. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. And, you know, some of them have. And oh, yeah. we see, we see, uh, God lets us see, uh, people repent. And it doesn't seem like we see it as much, but we do see it. And there's, there's joy over one sinner who repents than over a hundred who need no repentance. That is so true. You've been listening to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. Today's guest pastor, Andrew Royce of St. Paul and Trinity Lutheran Churches in Iowa. Now, every Friday, a pastor sits in with me for a friendly chat about whatever's on our minds. Now, if you have a question or comment about the program, send it to us at letstalk at kfuo.org. I want to give special thanks to the pastor emeritus, Fritz Bowie, for letting us use his recording of All Glory, Laud, and Honor as a theme for this program. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.